Insert your own theme tune here. Try to beat you. Yeah. I wasn't fast enough. No. Hey! Hello! We're back! Yes. And we are Nick Doody. And Kerry Marks. In that order. No! (laughs) Not true! Hey, dear Kerry. I'm right, thank you, Nick. How are you doing, Nick? All right. Uh, That's both of us. Yeah, uh, we've met up in Manchester yep. again. We're in exactly the same hotel room as last time we recorded this. We really are kind of... That doesn't make it sound like we both live in a hotel room, but we're not. <laughs> Nick is visiting my hotel room. Yeah. Um, that sounds even worse. Nick's come up to my room uh, on his way to Liverpool. That's right. Yeah, and I'm playing the, playing the Hot Water Comedy Club, which is... I've heard so much about and never played before. Have you not done Hot Water? No, not, okay, no, right. Oh, sorry, right. I have played the Hot Water Comedy Club before, but not since they've owned their own proper purpose-built comedy right. clubs. So right. This is the first time I've, I've played the, you know, the new ones. And they've got, they got two. Yeah. They're in absolute, Liverpool alone. It's unbelievable. Absolutely delightful gigs. So how many, so you're doing two gigs tonight? Two gigs tonight, four gigs last night. Right. Which is, that's a, you know, that is a packed weekend, all in the same city that isn't London. Bear in mind when you're listening to this, tonight was a few days ago. So don't go along and see Nick tonight. No, don't. I mean, there is no way I'm going to upload this in time. Even if I do when I get home, you have to do it on you'll the have journey on the way there. So it's not going to happen, is it? Yeah. But it's, it's, a, but nice, yes, it's, it's a nice experience, that thing of doing... I decided four gigs last night, yeah. really close together, in the same city, 20 minutes, two in one room, two in another room. And as a good way to hone material and just to get little... Little toppers, little bits of phrasing, even actions, even little bits of extra drama in a thing that you're saying. Okay. You know. One thing that's interesting about Hot Water is um, that they've really galvanised a great crowd as well. They've quite an enthusiastic audience. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they're, they're good rooms to play. And I think very often people talk about what, what it's like playing a particular city as a comedian. And really... A lot, a lot is to do with the comedy club and who runs it and, and you know their attitude because Loads of it, uh, yeah. and, and the kind of compares they bring in and everything else because this is really where the atmosphere of a room comes from. I've known yeah. rooms in London that, um, like even when East Dulwich, remember that, that East Dulwich Travel moved and that, that gig moved uh, at one point to move out there and went just like half a mile down the road. Oh, it, 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 it moved twice, audience. but along the same road. Yeah. And then gradually retreated from East Dulwich into Forest Hill. That's right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and sometimes these clubs sort of take their audience with them and sometimes they get a new audience and they've got a completely different atmosphere and they can never get back to where they were yeah. and, or a club gets taken over. But a lot's the room, would you agree? I, I think the, the, room, physical the, room. the venue itself makes a huge amount of difference. Huge amount of difference in the feel. Uh, and, these, and it's odd. Are great. It's odd that we haven't got this down to a fine science. There's, there sort of is in that if you ask comedians what makes a good room, they'll, they'll list off a number of facets quite fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, low ceiling, for example. And yeah, yet, yeah. despite the fact we know that, some people go into a room and go, "Oh, it's got a really high ceiling. This would be great." <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, no, it's really bad. I, I did a gig a week ago, and, and it, was, it was all right gig really, but um, it had it had no curtains and it was still light outside. Yeah. Um, there was one spotlight on the far wall and then some much more obvious lights on stage behind you lighting the wall in purple okay and the as i pointed out the moment i got on stage <laughs> more room more, more of the volume of the room was given over to the lights hanging from the ceiling which were massive chandelier type things right than to me and the audience combined yeah yep. like it was like six times higher than it needed to be for us to be in it 
It, it always reminds me of um, sometimes you'll do a private do, it'll be like a wedding or something, or uh, or, just, or just something like corporate do or whatever, and they've uh, they put the stage somewhere totally stupid uh, because that's where it looked good, <laughs> right? Nice. Go, yeah, 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 yeah. It looks nice there, and it's we've put in this like purple background because it goes with the tablecloths and everything. You go, yeah, but you've made us invisible. <laughs> yeah. and there's no lighting that goes over there, and yeah, the the audience is round there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're around a corner. I go, yeah, but it looks nice. <laughs> and you go, it's not. Wow. It's not going to help with the comedy. And yeah. and these things make a make a, a a massive difference. Little things like round tables in a room rather than uh, people facing the stage. You know, round tables has people looking at each other and yeah. pointing at each other. So that that that's that used to be very popular with jonglers. And jonglers wanted that. They wanted people on tables, like trestle tables, you know, long trestle tables or round tables, where they would hear a joke and point at each other and make it about them about themselves. But that does decrease the laughter. Yeah, and the attention. And yeah, the totally. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, other really well-run comedy clubs, like the, like the, I was going to say the Glee, because the Glee have brilliant table system where there's narrow tables yep. that are enough for you to put your drinks on. So you can applaud, food. which is great. Yeah, but you're not you're not round them. They're in front of you like a little desk, like a lecture yes. theatre or something. It's brilliant. And also, uh, honourable mention, I'd say to the uh, the comedian in in Brighton in particular. Yeah. The, one, the one in Brighton, which has tables a bit like a jungler's mic, but the seating is set up such that everyone's facing the right way. Yes, right, yeah. Low ceiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a cracking it's club. A brilliant club. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a number of clubs around where they, they get it right, but you you really would think there'd be a simple checklist of things to do, how to have the seats facing, how comfortable seats are as well. Yeah. No? You, not too. Not too, no, no. <laughs> we we had, did a gig in Australia and it was, uh, and the audience, you know, it was a nice room to play, but it was still the big armchairs. Right. So everyone's so, it, it, it makes you sleepy. You don't want an audience that comfortable. You want them to be alert. That's why classrooms don't have you know, big comfy chairs. They have they have seats uh, reasonably hard where you're, because the concentration is supposed to be on what's going on in front of you. Yeah. But you, on this, at the same time, if it's a long show, you don't want the seats too hard and uncomfortable either. No, you don't. When you see the, it's horrible in Edinburgh a lot. You see an audience fidgeting after a, half say, an hour. Yeah, Edinburgh's definitely got the point where whatever is wrong with your room becomes kind of obvious in the show. Yeah. So if you're doing an hour-long show, if the room is too hot, there's there's a dip at whatever point it is that a normal human can no longer pay yes. attention yes. in that heat. Or whatever it might be. There's, there's a draft or there's noise or the seats are uncomfortable, whatever. And, and the psychology is interesting because the audience don't know. The same as, you know, you know when you see a magician do a misdirection, right? Uh, like if I'm, if I'm doing a coin trick here, but I do move my hand and just do something slightly odd, I kind of just look at my hand for a moment, and I'm yeah. not actually doing anything there. You might check it out because in your head, you're thinking, oh, he's up to something, I'm not going to be fooled by it, right? Yeah. And then you look back at the other hand and the trick happens. But you don't assume that everyone else has been uh, taken in the same way. So you don't think everyone around you just looked at the other hand for a moment. Oh, this is how it works. Now, in a similar way, in a comedy club, when there's a distraction... The audience don't realise that everyone else was distracted as well, so they only think the comedian's joke wasn't funny when they when they turn back to it. Yeah, you know, do you know, what, you know what I'm saying. In other words, we get the blame. We're always the shop window. We get the blame for whatever's going on in the shop. We're, we're we're the front, so we get blame for everything that's wrong in the room, including like if there's if there's food and there's terrible service. Oh, absolutely. It's our yeah, fault. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the, the, the audience <laughs> is never aware of the effect that something else has had on their enjoyment of the show. Yeah. Uh, or generally now, anyway. There was a table in the old Hyena Comedy Club in Newcastle where, just due to the acoustics, um, they couldn't really hear what was being said on stage properly. Right. And weirdly, 
that table, every single time I played that, those people were just always didn't find the comic funny. Right, right, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what, what's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah. you know, people come and come over, can you stop talking? And they go, well, it's not funny. But weirdly, <laughs> always the same table. <laughs> <laughs> no one realised this is more than coincidence yeah, at this yeah. point when it's happening every single week. The Hyena was one of the difficult clubs, though, because that yeah. had, uh, for a long time, the old Hyena had... had those long tables that went the whole length of the rooms, and it was like uh, oh, yeah, yeah. it was like looking at a bank, a sort of Viking banquet or something. When they kind of uh, people are facing each other the whole way to the back of the room, and they've got to turn their heads sideways uncomfortably. To oh, watch it's you. horrible! Yeah, it's uh, horrible when an audience already have to be uncomfortable to watch you before it's even started. Ha. I had a heckler once in the Hynet where um, I couldn't see him. It was just a man yelling at me, and I was sort of calmly saying things back because lights in my eyes. And just at one point, he yells, I move out the light. And suddenly I can see that he's standing up. He's ripped his shirt off. And he's completely flexed. He's this massive dude. And, I'd be, and I've just been just casually batting back to him. Like, without any awareness of just how physically threatening all his body language was. Right. And I was like, holy shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like a cage fight that I didn't know was happening. I take back everything I've said in the last few yes. minutes because it wasn't worth it. Yes. I'm, I'm sure your mother is an upstanding citizen. You <laughs> were someone who looked like her that I had sex with, honestly. Uh, anyway, we were going to talk... Talk, Talking of life and people. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were saying earlier, weren't we? Worst but... links possible. We were saying earlier how um, we were talking about uh, Donald Trump and whether he, whether he gives a shit about the various things that he's done as uh, president. And we're thinking, I, I think we were both agreed he probably doesn't give much of a shit about anything deep down. I think he leans towards a narcissism where he doesn't actually care himself, but he knows his audience and he knows how yeah. to play them. And uh, and I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any pride in it either, other than his skill at playing that crowd. Yeah. He, he he wants the applause, and I guess this is why we started out talking about playing long weekends at clubs. Is that I, I was saying before the episode that he he reminds me of a stand-up comic. He's he's done the equivalent of six gigs over a weekend at the Hot Water Comedy Club in Liverpool, honing that twenty minutes, learning what rhythm works. Do you mean during what, all his campaigning when he when he yeah, yeah, yeah. built this up in the first place? All these all these rallies, um, you know, learning what you know, like even on Twitter, right? He. Uh, he tries out nicknames for people and they don't always stick. Right. So, you know, um, whatever, Pocahontas for Elizabeth Warren, right. uh, Crooked Hillary, well, those are ones that stuck. But it's it, all a really while, shit he tries marketing them. technique, though, isn't it? Yeah. By nicknaming people, you, you're just trying to file the box them straight away so that yeah. everyone then agrees with you. And uh, it's what a horrible method. But also, you can't get away from it. Yeah. Like, you know, if the front runner who's now the president, whatever, keeps calling you crooked Hillary. <laughs> you have to somehow deal with it. I find narcissism fascinating because this is what it does. It, it decides where the frame of the conversation is. And in fact, this is quite an interesting thing for us is the framing of conversation because it's what you get with everything. It's, we, last time we were talking about um, flat earthers and so on, and when people take an argument and they, they put it somewhere over here, they go, yeah. you know, how can you know? How can you know the world is round? Because you haven't actually tested and checked it. You don't know, right? You don't yeah. know there isn't a God. You don't know. These. And they put the argument over there at a point when what we're talking about, what we were talking about with that, is that, uh, that there's not really a fair place to put the argument. Because no. if you don't know, then we don't know anything. And therefore, everything we're talking about becomes irrelevant. We're talking about it's, within the realm that we do know. It's totally dishonest as well. I've, I've had yes. um, members of a family arguing and just inserting that doubt. Okay, yeah. well, what came before the Big Bang? And yeah. you want to go... Just before we go into that, let's let's just remind us that your position 
is that what came before the Big Bang was a creature yeah. who wants... A creature who doesn't think gay marriage should happen. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They decided, I'm going to create all this just to prove it. And just, just to be clear about the element of doubt you're introducing, let's not, let's not pretend that's where you live. I had a piece in my uh, in my show last year, and it was... Um, it, it was about, you know, when you, you forget someone's name and or, or you get someone's name wrong uh, in a oh, conversation. Yeah. And, I was, and because I was talking about Donald Trump at the time, I go, what would Donald Trump do in that situation? He, he would just insist oh, yeah. he was right. right? right. He'd come up to you and go, uh, hello, Derek. And you'd be like, my name's not Derek. And he'd be like, liar. <laughs> Your name is Derek. You've always, been, you've always been a liar. Everyone knows you're Derek. And then you start arguing going, I'm not Derek. I've never been called Derek. And after a while, people think, Derek's protesting a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being called Derek, that's a bit suspicious. What's wrong with Derek? Yeah. And then you're like, I'm not called Derek. I've never been called Derek. And then some person on YouTube, Derek claiming not called yeah, Derek. Yeah. But once you start this argument, once, once you introduce this thing, that then becomes the topic. And the person is set into this defensive mode. And not only are they defensive, but they're not being themselves anymore. This is what's clever about these, these type of narcissistic positions is that right. uh, the person is now having to make arguments of a type... They were trying to be nice and argue and discuss the subject matter, but now they're having to be insistent and they're having to say, no, I'm not a liar and therefore call you a liar, for calling them a liar. Then they get to look like the yeah, liar. Which, which, may be, which may be a level of hostility that they're not willing to go to very easily. And now they're forced into just, that position. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. Which is why I mean, the, where Trump, who's utterly shameless and just enjoys attacking people... He wants the energy and he wants the attention, so he gets it either way. So therefore, you yeah. can't really win. Yeah, and I mean, you really can't win if you're a fundamentally decent person who goes, "Well, you're a big fat orange idiot," right? And you you suddenly you've cheapened yourself. Whereas there's no, Trump's never cheapened himself because he he, he, he lives can't in be the gutter. Cheap, he lives in the gutter, and he's and he, he does this method a lot. So, like for instance, when he's saying that Obama doesn't really have a um, he's not really American and uh, oh, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. produced a birth certificate etc etc and and now there's nothing he can do other than have to produce a birth certificate because he now has to prove that he is a thing that no one had any doubts about but he's now introduced this, this doubt which which was oh I can't remember which president it was Nixon I, I, I'm kicking myself I can't remember who it was but someone was going to say um, you know He's saying about an opponent during during um, some campaign. Um, when you accuse, can we accuse him of having sex with a dog? Something like that. Right. And 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 his you know chief right. of staff goes, well he's never going to admit to that. He goes, I don't want him to admit to it. I want him to deny it. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's lovely. That's lovely. Very nice. And that is how it works. And so um, so Trump's coming over here in a few he days. He's coming over in, in a few days uh, <laughs> to be shown round by <laughs> Theresa May. Yeah. Who I assume still haunts the corridors of power. <laughs> uh, Teresa, the friendly president. <laughs> She's already a memory, isn't she? It's going to be really odd for him. He really wants to come over and meet the Prime Minister, but instead he's meeting someone who's just, uh, just I've, resigned. I've not seen her in, in the last sort of two or three days, but I imagine you can't quite She's see her feet, feet anymore. <laughs> it's just a sort of see-through tail, and she just carries keys and goes through walls. <laughs> so, wow. I mean, she was... What's lamer than lame duck? It's unbelievable where she is right now. Yeah, I don't think many many of us really understand where she is right now and and, and what no. is happening next and and how and when. Who who is going to be making decisions from this point? Uh, once she is resigned, and who has been making decisions, and who <laughs> and what you know what, what does it mean? 
to to our next election. Yeah, this is very. Then we all do what we like really, for a while. Really is, there, is there this interim? By the way, none of this, by the way, is really what we intend to talk about this episode. But it, this is fascinating. Before we're doing it in twenty, is that yeah, Theresa May set a date for her resignation, which is in like, a, what a week. Yeah, and then we won't have a prime minister until the Tories elect a new leader who will then be the Prime Minister, yep. which is um, quite some democracy. <laughs> and it's going to be done in a hell of a rush as well, Yeah, which is probably playing into Boris's hands right now as well, I would have thought. with the uh, There's not enough time, really, not easily for someone to campaign and get enough popularity up, I don't think, possibly. Although Rory Stewart is doing a very interesting job. I'm interested... We, I'm, I'm hesitating slightly because what with him, you, you were saying earlier on about uh, the, the whole Etonian link um, with Oh, yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 only, the, like, the only two games in town right now, really, are, if, if you count, like, I mean, there, there are a few, right? Because there's, there's Gove and there's Dominic Raab and whoever the fuck else there is. Like, people, there's at least 11. Right. So someone pointed out, and something I was listening to earlier, that there are more Tory leadership candidates than there are Lib Dem MPs. Um, but yeah, the only the two that people are mainly talking about, um, Boris Johnson and uh, Rory Stewart, both went to the same fucking school. Yeah, Stewart is... feels refreshing at the moment, but only in comparison to them. Right, it's it's, it's hard to know how refreshing it would. Yes, he's talking a lot of sense for someone in a madhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder if he knows. You know, he's he's suggesting a citizens' assembly to sort out Brexit. Which, which, sort would, of which would mean what? I tentatively would. It, it means you get a a group of citizens. I mean, he's suggesting doing making it televised. Like it's 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 how they um it's what they did with abortion in Ireland. This incredibly divisive subject. Subject. So they got a kind of a, a cross section of you know representative cross section uh, of the of the country to act as a jury, who then over weeks sit in and they're given expert tuition by people who come in, and you know. They're guided okay. through all the issues, and they have to come up with um, suggestions. I think that's quite an interesting idea. It, it's it's so it's more like a think tank. It is, but kind of like a representative one. The, the one yep. one that isn't. It's not meant to be skewed one way or the other. Representative. Uh, their deliberations are open to the public. We can also. I'm really interested by the idea that they could be on TV for 15 weeks or whatever it is, or five weeks. So that the entire country is watching people learn about what a no deal Brexit really means, right? Uh, what the customs union really is. That well, actually, that, that I've, got to, I've got to say amazing. that seems like quite an intelligent way to go about it. I, I agree, but I've got I've got two reservations. One reservation is, I'm quite in favour of citizens' juries in in general, or citizens' assemblies, whatever you want to call them. But I think that they can be so useful. That if we burn one on Brexit and it's so divisive we can never have one again, <laughs> that's a problem. On the other hand, though, I would say that if we're going to do one of those, then it should be on a subject as divisive as this. Yeah. I, in fact, but, the most divisive subject going in our. I, I, I agree with moment, that. So. My only other issue is that uh, Stuart's position on it uh, doesn't allow for Remain. Right. He wants them to come up with a compromise deal and. I don't know if he's aware there's already been an experimental citizens' jury on Brexit. It was a while ago, though, and they came out with a suit. And they, you know, they were split about 50, they were split 51-49, whatever it is, 
uh, Leave Us to Remainers. But after everything, they came out with a series. They came out with a series of priorities. Like this is our best recommendation. This is our second best, and number one was Remain. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, d- I don't know that that would happen now <laughs> because of how far down the road we've gone. I also feel like po- part of the growing popularity with Stuart is, is that it's it's simply that any unknown factor is better than all the known factors at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know Absolutely. what I mean? It's like yeah. he, he hasn't done anything to really make us angry yet. Enough. You know, the worst anyone's got on him is that he smoked opium uh, in Afghanistan, which is where yeah, people it, smoke Iran opium. Iran, it was an Iranian way. Oh, it was in Iran. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, yeah. It was Iran. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. been around. Yeah. Yeah. So that that is quite interesting. And of course, personally, I quite like the idea of someone who's smoked opium, who's, who's lived a little bit, although he's denying it now, and I think I've gone off you again. He's not denying it. No, no, sorry, he was he was saying he's apologising for it. He says he, he was wrong, wrong, he shouldn't yeah. have done it. No, own it, mate, <coughs> own yeah. it. Tell everyone else they should try it. Yeah, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done so much. <laughs> I, re- I would regret, I ruined the wedding. No, tell us about your visions, make it exciting. Why are you, why are you being so predictable? Um, it's difficult, isn't it? It's like with the Brexit thing. I, I like the idea of this assembly. I, th- I think there needs to be some more in, in, intelligent discussion, and also we need to break through all this uh, exaggeration and, and uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know this hypeness of uh, emotion that's going on with it all, because it's really yeah. hard to get a clear idea of what the pragmatic actual uh, facts are, on, or, or you know, on, on each side of the argument. Um, but I think that's what's interesting. I think, I think society and constantly having to solve things where there isn't actually an answer and everyone yeah. thinks there isn't actually an answer there, 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 it must be that what i mean is in a world that's getting increasingly uncertain i don't know whether it's getting everything i'm saying now i'm questioning i'm not sure <laughs> the is increasingly uncertain or whether it's always been as uncertain as it, as it is but at the moment we feel it feels maybe, like maybe we the have, fact you don't know how uncertain i don't even know because how uncertain it's, 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 it's increasing uncertainty. uncertainty squared right now yeah. Um, but or is it? But really, we don't know whether we're in Europe, out out of Europe. We can't really make decisions until we do, and so on. So yeah. all this is around. So we we need some kind of body to help us really think this through. And I think at a time like that, people tend to go need a lot of people tend to need certainty more. So we 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 start seeing this sort of rise in um, uh, conspiracy theories and so on, the, the flat earthing or whatever that allows certainty. And I think also we, we start, well, start seeing more people move back towards religion or towards right-wingism and so on, which also allows for certainty. Um, and, and there's been like a... Oh, well, the hard hard right or hard left are all both yeah. positions of you know, blinkered certainty, aren't they? Yes, totally, yeah. To, so talking of which, um, and what we were going to get into on this programme anyway, or this, this one today, is uh, um, first what's gone on with Alabama um, with... Uh, the suggestion that they're, they're going to bring in a ban of abortion completely. Um, yeah. And also we're seeing uh, a religious rise in um, uh, Birmingham, England, where um, some conservative Muslims, mostly conservative Muslims, I believe, are, are, are protesting against a school that is teaching that same-sex marriage is okay, or, or is normal, it's fine. Right. Um, and same-sex... Exists? Or exists, is it? I, I don't know. I mean, what, what, what would they like to is, 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 oh, is it that it doesn't exist? No, I think I think they just don't want it taught in a school because a, a, a school would be using a left-wing term, normalising, right? Mm. It would say that it is okay by the fact it is taught in school, which is the same arguments that um, people have used for ages to say that 
evolution should only be taught in science and we, we shouldn't be taught to talk creationism because you'd be normalising that and saying it's okay. Okay. Right? But uh, uh, this, right, my difficulty with these protesters, because they always go, oh, we're not bigots, but gay marriage is okay, is legal, happens. So anything except teaching that is making out that it's some weird special case that children should be protected. Do you know what I, I can't I can't conceive of a... Kids are too young for this. You're not teaching. You're not teaching them about rimming, right? <laughs> but you know what I mean. You're literally saying you know, you know, sometimes men marry men, women marry women. Yeah. You know because they do. You're you're teaching a fact, a fact of life, yeah. and, and a fact that, of, of what is going on around you, and, and yeah. also and in some in some countries they can't. And it doesn't make I sense. Think. Yeah, but in this country where, where it does happen, it doesn't make sense not to teach children that, so they they I, I they, they see things going around the world around them in their country, and they can't yeah. understand what's happening, and they don't know what the law is. Uh, we have to teach what the law is, but at the same time, I do have. I don't have sympathy, but it's something near that with religious people. I feel like they they they've lost so many important standards and things that they they believe are absolutely essential uh, to morality. Uh, They've got so many of them. And I feel like there's a last-ditch attempt going on in the West from religion to go, oh, we want to hold on to something here. Whether it's it's that gay people are wrong or whether it's that uh, abortion is wrong or or whatever. Yeah, there's a a real tension, isn't there, between rights? Because what some religious people want is the right to have a certain sort of control over their children's education that a lot of a lot of us sort of you know, liberal, irreligious people would kind of go, yeah, but you can't teach them shit that's not true and you can't teach them shit that... The question is, do you want the rights for yourself and your family or do you want to impose what you feel is right on other people, which is a completely different thing? So, for example, pro-choice when it comes to the abortion laws, yeah. pro-choice is the compromise. That means that... Uh, you can if you if 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 you get pregnant, Nick. Yeah, it's gonna happen. You know, maybe in the future, whatever. Um, I'm in a hotel room with a strange man. <laughs> I'm strange. Um, you could decide to abort it, but on the other hand, if you're religious and you decide you're against that, you don't have to. So it is the compromise. It means that everyone can have their their way and and behave the way they believe. The only problem is that some people want other people to behave their way, and that's that imposition is pro life pro choice does not force that on other people. Right. Pro-life does force that on other people. Sh- shall, we, shall we talk about abortion for a little bit? Yeah, Because okay. I, I, think, I think it's very interesting what you've said there, and that, that is a framing of abortion that is entirely about the rights or wrongs of abortion without really considering... Right, full disclosure here, my background is uh, Irish Catholic, That my, my uh, family Catholic, I was raised Catholic, went to a Catholic school, uh, which, you know generations before my parents were sort of you know they fought for the right to have their own schools where i used to remember like aged seven or whatever being taught with like diagrams on the blackboard about how original sin works and baptism like it okay. was chemistry right like here's the barrier caused by uh, original sin doesn't that grace get through but baptism you know, that kind of yeah, 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 yeah. And you yeah, go, yeah, right, okay. And this yeah. is taught to you exactly the same way as in 1066, the Normans invaded, you know, with all the same authority. Um, and also, my family were uh, anti abortion, as a lot of uh, law Catholics are. Uh, my granny was a founder member of Life, which was an anti abortion um, uh, organization who used to campaign against, against it. And in particular, uh, they took the there were a few of these organisations. They used to take the uh, the tack of trying to persuade young women not to have abortions, and then 
and giving them the wherewithal to look after the child. So they live like they have, you know what I mean? They're, they're trying to like put them up and make sure they can, you know. How do they feel now? Are they still, do you think they'd still be as uh, solid on their views or? Who, what, my family? Your family, yeah. Uh, I know that most of them are. I think it's a little less black and white with some of them, but some, you know, I, I don't really go on Facebook. No my, my, my wife, change, my wife will go on Facebook and go, oh God, your sister just put this. And it's, it's you know, virulently anti-abortion. And, and very much from the, what I would term the magical religious point of view of things, of your argument as to why, why this is immoral is because that's a baby, just look at it. Well, yeah, but I do think, right, I don't agree with the religious argument, but I do think they get to have the, the selfless argument. Right. I, I, I so agree. the religious argument is the baby. Life is sacred. The baby counts first, and the uh, and the pro-choice argument is to say actually the, the woman counts more than the baby, more than the life does. Right, like, but, that, she, but that that isn't what you said. When you, when, that sacred. isn't what you said when you said that um, pro-choice is the compromise. No, because from the point of view of someone who's utterly pro-life on those grounds. Yep. What's the com- the compromise is allowing people to murder babies. Yes. Right. I only meant the compromise as in that everyone gets to live in their household the way they want to live. And that, yeah. that, that to me, is, the, is, is a compromise. It's like everyone gets to be, the, the, through pro-choice, everyone gets yeah. their decision. To, to, even then, to a level, I don't agree with many of the, I think the arguments on both sides are bad. Okay, let's look at the arguments. Pro, pro-lifers say that they believe that life is sacred. Right? But we don't live in a world, we can't realistically, it's all very nice, we can't realistically live in a world where life is sacred. If you we, we think life is sacred, you know, we were discussing a while ago, I think on, on the, this podcast about um, cycle helmet laws, right? And, we, right. and, and they realised that while cycle helmets definitely reduce accidents, definitely uh, protect the person, so not reduce accidents, but definitely protect the, uh, the cyclist, but actually could end up causing more accidents yes. in the real world because drivers go closer to someone who's wearing a helmet. Um, and also yes, people wearing a helmet drive closer to other vehicles because yeah. they feel safer. Um, in a similar way with the roads, we have to make it. We know several thousands of people are going to die every year on the roads. So we could reduce the speed limits by 10 miles an hour and save a number of lives. Or we could and get rid of we, cars completely. We know completely. that that works, right? Because it was done in the States to save oil uh, right. during the recession after the, after, after the war. And it, there were hundreds of thousands of people saved. And they went, yeah, let's put them back though because everyone's right. late. <laughs> right. And, That's um, the trade-off. Or even get rid of cars completely because that would definitely, if we're going to say life is sacred, we have to get rid of cars completely, you know, because they do cause deaths, right? Okay. Do you know what I mean? Where do you draw this line? So society has to come up with a an agreement because actually we don't live in a world where we think life is, is that sacred. And even when we, we have more and more health and safety rules, they start to get fucking annoying. Do they, <laughs> you find do you they can't definitely open windows cause or... more deaths than they save? Like people going to hospital in oh, right. cabs you could and still, ambulances. You could still have ambulances, couldn't you? But, right. I know, but what, how many people are hit by ambulances every year? <laughs> yeah, are they really worth it? That is so unfortunate. But at the same time, you know, if you're going to be hit by a vehicle, I'd rather be an ambulance yes, than anything yeah. else. Let's quick, quick to the mm. scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're if they sped off equipped. to another accident. <laughs> hit, hit, hit by an ambulance that didn't even stop because it was on its way to an emergency. <laughs> worst we'll, way to die. We'll be back. <laughs> Wait there. So, okay, so the pro-life thing to me is so absolutist, it, it's, it's unrealistic anyhow, right? Apart from the fact, I, even if you're going to say we're going to count this as a life from zygote onwards, I'm, I'm, I'm still, 
I don't care. <laughs> well, be honest. It, yeah, I'm going to be really honest. I don't care about the death of something that doesn't know it exists yet. Yeah, it, bec- it becomes, uh, for me, it becomes a language game, right? You're saying, well, it's a human... I had this argument once. And like, Would you agree it's a human life? Yeah, well, it's not a tree, is it? It's not a tree life, it's not a frog life. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah, okay. In that sense, it's a human life. But my <laughs> guiding principle isn't that ending all human life... Is hair is human life? No, off the top of my head, it is in a sense human life. All my cells are human life. Right. Um, sperm, eggs, but you know, they're <laughs> all human life in a sense. It's it, that one two-word phrase doesn't magically mean must not end. Like, right. There, there are reasons. It's this mingling of a sort. Well, Where's that go with with the Catholics as far as um, sperm? I mean, this every sperm is sacred thing. Is that, yeah, uh, yeah, is, yeah. that is that real? Is it? I mean, I suppose that masturbation is wrong for that reason, right? Yeah, onanism. Onanism. Yeah, right. and onan in the Bible spilled its seed upon the ground. The ground. Okay. So, um, uh, Dorothy Parker had a parrot called Onan. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a biblical joke. If 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 sperm is life, like is, is heaven full of sperm? <laughs> I'm sure they haven't done anything wrong. Do, they do you know what? I've always, you, assu- you I've always assumed from the- loads of sperm up in heaven. <laughs> I've always assumed from the pictures that those were clouds. <laughs> <laughs> this actually is me. It looks so beautiful when it's in love. Knee deep in sperm as a holodeck would be. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so you've got the pro life argument, which, which, it, it, I, I think it actually comes. I guess Early it comes out as a nice. Of <laughs> it's a lot more pearly when you get inside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's a problem when you have the absolutist arguments on anything. You know, is uh, someone just puts their foot down. And goes, this is wrong. Full stop. We're going to take it from a dot point, <laughs> and it gets it gets hard to argue with their point of view. But at the same time, the pro-choice yeah. arguments often seem uh, that they come out as quite selfish. And they say, it's my body, I can do what I like with. No one tells me what to do with my uterus and so on. But that's not really so. You have control over your body and it's your body to a, to a level. Yeah. But actually, you can't do whatever you like with your body. You can't <laughs> steal with it. You can't murder with it. You can't, you can't, um, you can tattoo your body, but you can't tattoo F off N words across your forehead because the space <laughs> wouldn't allow it. But apart from that, you, you can't. It, you'd get in trouble for it, and and you can't. Uh, you're gonna. You can't slice off a penis at the point where it goes into you and go. That bit was mine, right? You, you can't. I would say somebody else's penis. <laughs> yeah, somebody else's right. penis. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so a penis. Um, different laws on penises and bodies than there are on apple trees and gardens. <laughs> totally, yeah. I'm glad there are. Yeah, me too. Um, the police are allowed to check inside happened. you if they think you're hiding drugs. Like, you, don't, you, you own your body to it. It's the same as you own your house, right? You, you can change your, your lounge or the bedroom all you like, but if you want to start knocking down walls, you need planning permission because you live in a community. Well, and you can't murder a child. Neither of us own a house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not applying these examples to us, <laughs> to everybody else, like everybody else is doing. Right, you can't kill a child in your house. The, the child, If there's a child, we're going to say it's a child inside your belly, then you can't... You can't say you because you own your body. You own it. It's not a slave. It's not a thing. It's not a toy. It's a, a life. So what society has to do is come up with an arbitrary value, and it's arbitrary. It's not. It, that doesn't mean it's. Um, I, I, I know. It doesn't mean that it's. It's a fact, but it also doesn't mean it's random, right? It means that we've had to use the best of our knowledge to choose yeah. a point, which we're doing all the time. We do that with. We have to decide. Like we have to decide. Uh, 
well, sorry, I'm going to move this slightly. Is that this says something about our society where we put these decisions, like how we treat our prisoners, um, whether we have the death penalty, whether we have um, whether torture is allowed in our country, and so on. We have to constantly come up with values, and then there's no facts yeah. to any of them. Um, what's the, the age of consent? It's not. It's no fact in it. There's no like. There's a definite point yeah, where you become an adult. It's, it's an arbitrary decision. And also, it's, it's it will change from one person to another because one person's body and mind is more mature than someone else's when they reach that age. So it's not. It's never fair. No, but it's where ab- society takes a, takes a responsibility. I mean, you, and you can, you can imagine some in some sort of sci-fi society where, you know, in case of statutory rape, where you know, an eighteen-year-old and a sixteen-year-old go before the judge, and the judge just talks to the sixteen-year-old and goes, "Oh no, you're fine." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you understand what's going on? It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. But then to yeah. another, an eighteen-year-old could go, like, anyone meeting this eighteen-year-old <laughs> could tell they were still not okay. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Um, but maybe, like, maybe, maybe that could happen. Maybe there will be some time in the future we'll have a much better measuring system. But we don't right now. I mean, for, for me, I cannot get over the idea that uh, what, right, two things. One is whenever members of my family, you know, who are pretty much the only sort of uh, anti-abortionists I ever argue with, um, argue with me, there's almost never anything about the bodily autonomy of the woman in their arguments. They don't. It doesn't feel like they're weighing it up. It feels like they see one thing and it's a crime and everything else pales into significance right. and it's that crime. But for me, if you don't... You, you can't really argue that to me because I don't believe in, in the soul. I don't, and I don't right. believe that... There's, right, there's a case at which the fertilised egg... You know, you probably don't need pregnant at that point, but it's literally just a few cells. And the idea that you can look at that and go, that has some sort of sacredness that means I, a judge, or we, the government, or we, society, can force you, a woman, to put yourself through nine months of, you know, yep. of whatever, not being able to drink, getting larger and larger, having to, you know, lose control of your bladder, your tits, hurting, all, all that shit. Yep. And we will force you to go through that when we absolutely have the technology for you to not have to do that. Yeah. That's fucking outrageous. That's disgusting. Yeah, I think but, it is, But yeah. I also take the point that there's a point at which, like the day after the baby's born, we don't think, do you know what, though? It's her life if she wants to cut his head off. I know. So I we know. Just, and, 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 someone... and where we're putting that arbitrary value, we're, we're still doing that. We're still saying we yeah. as a society... And because this is the one thing I don't like about the pro-choice argument is that it's almost a celebration of killing a baby. It's my body. I can do what I like with it. I can murder with it. No. What it is is society has to come up with a value where the society takes responsibility and says, from this point on, we consider it murder. Even though we don't have a good reason, a great reason, we have a reasonable reason because we have to choose a point. But But after that point, society takes responsibility. Up until that point, it's your body and you can do what you like with it. You can choose. There's um, Matt Kirshen front of the show has, has a lovely line of, of of course we don't know where that cut off point is where a fetus becomes a baby in that sense there's no exact time there's just a grey area and I right and he, he has a line about like we don't know at what age it becomes no longer okay to run down the beach wearing only a t-shirt <laughs> right yeah, yeah yeah exactly exactly it's yeah. just it yeah. suddenly becomes creepy all right I guess to some people though in this uncertainty it's easier just to say well let's say from the Point a dot then. Let's say from the moment the the, 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 the you know the sperm hits the egg, that's it. That's, well, well, that's it, now it, alive. It, it does and now you can, be, ga- you can guarantee you're not committing murder from that point, right? Right. So, so the only way to guarantee you're not doing something horribly wrong 
is to, is to choose that point. So from the religious point, and also think from the religious point of view, I think a lot of this comes down to, I, I, I don't think we recognise their point of view enough because we're saying it's ridiculous in that they don't um, see the autonomy of women and so on. But that's not important to them. What's important no, to them it, is it a isn't. woman should only want to have a baby because a woman and a man should meet. They should get they should get married as early as possible and make a nest because that's their purpose in life. Mm. And so they're, they're not going to have a baby out of wedlock anyway. This isn't an issue. And I even think that when the religious people talk about uh, a baby born as a result of rape, I think they see it on a slightly metaphorical level in that it's, it's a way of proving their feelings. Like if you say, I believe that a baby is, that, that, that life is sacred, and you go, what about this situation? And they get, they get to welcome that. And they go, yes, even in that situation. That, that's, that proves how I feel, right? Yeah, but uh, maybe. But I think also... Bearing in mind what I said, their their priorities are. Why would that? Why would it be in the case of rape change their mind at all? They've already shown they don't give a shit about the body autonomy of the woman, right? And like, or or they wouldn't put it like that, but it, it pales into insignificance compared with murdering an unborn child. Yeah, how they see it. So I mean, um, Stanhope had Doc Stanhope had a bit on this, and he goes, you know, I the, the one bit where I agree. With you know the anti-abortionists is accepting cases of rape, just uh, because why do you die just because your dad was an asshole? Right, yeah, yeah. And if, <laughs> I, th- I think he's right in terms of I don't mean I I think that's right. But what I mean is I think that in terms of consistency, that is right. It's just that, no, that, that it's just that, yes, that, but yes, right, it, it, it right. is consist, consistent with what they're saying. But the problem we've is, got rid of the whole idea of sins of the father, right, in the West. So that, mm. that was like the, the way we used to think in the past that people should be punished down the line yeah. because of things their parents have done. Uh, now we've said that kind of thinking is wrong, and yet here we go back to it again. We say there should be a part. This, this, you know, <laughs> that the baby should lose its life at that point. But that's, oh, but we're not I still doing, don't agree we're with not it. Doing, I still no, don't agree no, no, with no, no, it. I'm no. trying to see it. That's all. We're I'm not doing go. that. We're not saying the baby should lose its life because it's not that's an we're, we're saying, we are saying, it's it's an appalling thing to put this woman through and she should have the right to opt out of it. We're not, like, we're not punishing the child. No, we're not. I'm, I'm that's only not trying how, to, we, that's not how we see it. I'm only also arguing it's not, also that it's if not we're a gonna, fucking child. But you're talking to me, right? <laughs> I know I am. Yeah. I'm arguing that if we're going to talk to religious people, we have to start understanding what their language and their, their way of thinking is. And what we're using right. is arguments that won't mean anything to them. That they're not going to care about. Because after all, if you believe that a baby is sacred, it's, it's full stop. Yeah. You know, so, so you can't allow... What you, I think what we have to do in arguing with them is say that your understanding of sacred doesn't work in the real world that you're in anymore. And you've got to, you've got to face that. It doesn't matter that you're... Uh, and if you want to feel that way, we still will protect your right to be religious and we're still protecting your right to... You can definitely keep the baby no matter what happens, right? The pro-choice right. does not mean that you have to give up, that you have to uh, have an abortion. No, we're not, we're not imposing abortions on people. Do you know what I mean? So I, th- yeah. I think that's... We want to get clear on what the argument is rather than argue on the grounds that they're setting because they're, they're never going to agree that the reason why why a pro-choice should be there is because a woman should have autonomy over the choice of a baby that has no choice and that's helpless. Yeah. Right? That, that's an, an argument that my, my brother made to me once uh, was that, you know, if you're left-wing, you should be against abortion. Right. Because as he sees it, Everything's about um, the powerless fighting against the powerful, you know, and being on the side of the powerless. Right. And as he's, you know, who is more powerless than the unborn? 
And it's what I mean, the left wing are forced into an opposite view that, that is not consistent with all their other views. They, I mean, they, they like to support the little guy, and this is definitely the little, the little guy. guy. This yeah, is yeah, yeah. as little guy as it gets. That's the phrase I was going to use. Yeah. Right. But, but, but again, he's, in that argument, he's erased the fucking woman. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's erased, like, what, what you're doing by protecting the little guy is forcing a woman to go through a pregnancy for nine months. Okay, but once again, seeing his point of view, he's erasing himself as well. He believes that he has no say in it. Mm. Right? He believes it's, it's God's word and, and this is the, uh, the eternal truth, right? So we as humans are answerable to that, to a higher power. Right, so it's still selfless. I think it's very. I I think we're seeing it as he's seeing himself being uh, telling a woman what to do with her body, right? But that's not how he would be seeing it. That's not how he would see it. But also, he's arguing with me. He understands if this is a real problem. Right, people um, people have their own ways they see morality, and then when they're asked how it is, they suddenly frame it in a different way because they're trying to persuade someone else, and they they maybe don't even know why they're doing it themselves. Yeah, but. From his point of view, talking to me, he can't bring God into it, and he can't go. It's a soul. Yeah, yeah. Right, because that—that's just—he—he he knows that sounds like medieval fucking nonsense to me. So he's now trying to—he's uh, trying to find, you know, it's sophistry really. He's, he's trying to find arguments that will work on what he sees, you know, my moral matrix to be. I also suppose we could argue that. We protect life more than has ever happened in history. If you go back to, uh, well, fairly really, not even going back that far, is it? Labour has become far safer than than it's ever been, right? And nowadays, most women survive going into labour, whereas in the past, it was it was a killer. Lots of lots of women died yeah. whilst uh, whilst having babies, or even during pregnancy. So, it, it gets a bit dodgy when you argue that life is sacred, where mm. it's actually one life for another quite often. Or and, has and, been historically, and also sometimes that I mean the way in which uh, the way in which abortion has been legalized in a lot of countries isn't to say a woman can just have an abortion. Right. To say in case of a threat to the life or health of the woman, a termination is is possible, and that has in effect led to abortion on demand in a lot of places. But it's still weird that we haven't acceded to that. Right. So the law doesn't actually reflect full bodily autonomy for the woman. The law weighs up these two things and goes, right. well, we should save the woman's life. The, basically, the woman out of the two patients, yeah, <laughs> the woman takes precedence. Okay, right. Um, before yep. before this level of gestation. Right. Yep. I guess. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that like I'm totally okay with the wording of the, the law. But what I'm saying is that, that, that that's that's law on abortion. Uh-huh. Then it becomes a totally different thing. If you're talking about, so you know, in the ninth month. Yeah. Uh, it's You're just talking about different things. It's the thing is that all these decisions are arbitrary in the sense that, where is it now? It's, it's, it's um, you're allowed to uh, abort up to the second trimester, I think, isn't it? Uh, it, I think, it depends I think on the country. That, yeah, most countries, most countries are, are around there. Because, like, no one. When it's a, my well, body, my choice. My, the my body, my choice thing is no one. Everyone agrees there should be. Or not everyone. Most people in the country agree there should be that point somewhere. Most people would be against saying you can abort whenever you like, right up to the you know, eighth month or whatever, or yeah. you know, eight and a half months and so on. Uh, in the same way as people who, even though a large part of the country, it turns out, would support a death penalty. Uh, very few people want that to happen just to anyone who's accused of anything, you know, right? anyone who goes right. to prison. But it, the, the, the absolutism is, is a real problem. Because, and it gets, it gets hard to argue against because those people have a very pure view and a pure understanding. Um, 
But virtually no one, the, the, it's rare the laws go that purist ever. We, we have, a, we, we have a weird value. thing, don't we? Because it's not just the law, but there's also things like the Hippocratic Oath and the... Um, the because uh, there's, you know, there's medical professionals involved here and they have a duty to per- protect life. And there comes a point... Oh, that's and, interesting. And th- that's interesting as well. Of... We're, we're speaking for them as well by creating a law which, which says that they're still within the boundaries of morality. So. Well, we are, but also think about how technology has changed when a fetus remains viable outside the womb. Right. Because that, that, that is a figure that keeps right. coming down and down and down and down. So it used to be that, like, if you were born like a few weeks premature, you that's basically the death sentence. You probably wouldn't make it. Yep. It's now. I mean, it's getting to the point when we probably. What happens if if we develop the technology to have kind of an external womb incubator where? Oh, do you not fancy it? Oh, well, we'll take it out of you and just put it in this into this grow. I reckon we're probably pretty close to that and, actually, and, and I think I that's. I'd be surprised. Already with the. But, but, Alabama but then band. what should we do with that? Right. I mean, it's it's it becomes weird, right? Already with the Alabama, Alabama it doesn't include fetuses that are outside the womb that are in a, in a lab, right? Right, in, to, uh, in uh, people who've had, uh, what's it called? Um, oh, I'm blanking on the word, uh, therapy. I have as well. <laughs> you, just, <laughs> you just give me... Fertility treatment. I see what you mean. Fertility treatment, yeah. Yeah, so people so t- typically that you just pass that on. You just pass that on to me. <laughs> yeah. T- yeah, yeah. Typically, the lab, the lab will have se- uh, several um, fertilized right. eggs, right? Yeah, to be implanted in back in the womb. Yeah, but the lab's allowed to. I feel like the religious people haven't quite understood that. They just think it's not in a woman anymore, so it's not. Uh, it's not counting as a normal baby. I anymore. think if you are uh, a woman who's against abortion, you should go out and demand that these fetuses be implanted in your womb and bring them to turn yourself. <laughs> yeah. Because otherwise you're leaving them to die in a cold hospital. It, isn't that fucked? Because now you're going, we have no interest whatsoever in these identical beings until they're inside a woman, in which case we're going to force her to bring them to right. turn. It's a really interesting idea as well, that idea of that the really future, sounds like future you hate where... Women. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. yeah. I wonder if there will be... I, I, I suppose that will be coming soon, a future where... You can protect the baby from the from you know really early on, and uh, but even then, can you can you now? I don't know whether it, we you can now take a um, an egg and impl- you can plant it in a different woman, can't you? So even if it started to grow, I assume. I don't know. I don't know enough. I don't. I don't know enough. I don't know whether that's established or it's a possibility, let alone a, a, a <laughs> realistic practice. But yeah, all these. So okay, all the values we've got can get thwarted any time a new technology yeah. comes along. And and we have and we haven't really agreed what those values are, have we? I think I think if you went out the street and you asked people what were the values around uh, when it's right to kill someone or you know when life is sacred things like that, you'd get a million different answers. But all on anything, like if you ask about, I think a lot of people would like suicide to be legal, but at the same time, to what extent? Uh, most people want there to be a process. Oh, I imagine they the want protest. a process where you have to. You <laughs> right to die. Well, I think the, when do we the, want it? Well, the, <laughs> there are groups who do protest for the right to die. I don't know where they actually have street yeah. protests or anything. <laughs> want to die? Just shoot them. It's, it's, it's like a self-solving problem. Gun them all down. It's the only time in terrorism is <laughs> allowed. It's not terrorism. They ask for it. Yeah, you take the entire protest and just uh, maybe <laughs> join the army. <laughs> um, it's going to be interesting to see 
whether a reversal of Roe v. Wade is actually even possible right now. I don't know. I, I think I don't yeah. think uh, I, I saw an article the other day which was really saying how it was showing how a lot of the politicians who want these laws are they're doing what we were talking about earlier on. They're mixing in their communities and hearing this echo chamber feedback, but they're not really aware that most of the people in their constituencies are, are against what they want. I th- it's kind of shocking now, but this is part of the course of the Trump administration, that what, what's been the received wisdom for ages, uh, people like Thomas Frank's uh, books, what's the, Ma- what's the Matter with Kansas, which was published in the UK under the title What's the Matter with America? Um, it was about how the right wing have co-opted religion and made that the thing that you, you know, basically made the culture wars the thing that you vote on and were able, you know, to enact economic policies that were against the interests of the people voting for them. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the idea was, oh, yeah, we're against abortion, we're going to vote Republican, but the Republicans would never repeal abortion. First of all, because it would cause a massive wave that would come back and engulf them. And secondly, because if they did that, what are they going to fight on next time? Yeah. But now this... These aren't Republicans. These aren't normal Republicans. This is Trump, who's just lying to himself, and Pence, who's fucking nuts out there, yep. conservative Christian. So they they really might. And this wave of, like, uh, was it Missouri still has one abortion clinic open right. until at least Monday? It's like that level of weird shit. These, these are mostly states in the, the Deep South, aren't they? I think that Georgia Generally, and so but not all. I think Ohio is one, but there's sort of Alabama, Louisiana. Mississippi. Mississippi, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, usual, the usual... The usual suspects. The yeah. suspects. Yeah. Um, and I think I think these these laws have been passed but aren't, aren't expected to be enacted yet because they'll all have to go to the Supreme Court. But the idea is that now, since... Uh, Kavanaugh, now we've got a, a majority conservative Supreme yep. Court, it's a very real possibility that Roe v. Wade could be overturned. And that is, uh, yeah, it, it, quite is it is disturbingly close. I, I, as I say, I really feel like this is a last-ditch attempt from or, or, or a bit of a fight back, but it doesn't feel like it's much of a fight back, even though that, that's a possibility on the horizon. It, 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 it could happen. I can't. I can't see even if it does happen. I can't see it not getting overturned as soon as as the very first thing should. Have, well, I can't think. Yeah, uh, I, I think Democratic if you look Party at even this level time. of women's rights now, and it's. I think this is beyond just culture wars. So this is a- actual fucking. I think it actually, body. if that passes, I think you might see mass protests in America. I think. I think there would be an mass protest, but also I think they'd be obliterated in the next election. Yeah. How can you possibly on, be on the party that allowed this to happen? And as you know, as um, polls have shown, the majority of people in those states aren't in favour of this level of ban. I'm not. I'm not totally invested in the, the whole. You know, as, as the subject itself, because I'm, I'm almost um, pro uh, compulsory abortion personally. I'm going kind to of get rid of a lot of them. They, they're taking all our stuff. Yeah. You know, they take our jobs. Cuts me the uh, language. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's like I. Yeah. I I just kind of feel that. Uh, that, that many of the arguments though aren't really recognising the other side and, and really get, placing the arguments somewhere better you know, rather than arguing whether pro-life is even possible or, you know, whether life is sacred is even possible in our society yeah. which it isn't let's not be you know, that, that ridiculous about it and also the uh, we own our bodies thing I think it's just ridiculous on the other side of the argument and what it really is, I don't think it should be a celebration I don't think it should be this like, I own my body and do what I like with it I think it's a grave responsibility we need to take as a society and I think that's the part that I, I see a lot that feels like it's missing on the uh, the pro-choice side, which I, I, I'm yeah. a pro-choicer, but 
I would rather the argument be something like this is a responsible thing that we have to do. We need to come up with an arbitrary value. It doesn't really mean anything, but this is how society has to progress. And we have to take a joint responsibility as a society rather than this kind of like, I can do with my body. <laughs> I know you mean that. On the other hand, I, I sort of understand those things as a backlash to sort of what went before. Like, you know, something like, you know, gay pride. You go, well, why would you be proud of being yeah. gay like any more than being proud of being left-handed or having brown eyes? Yes. But on the other hand... This is after decades of having to be ashamed of it. Sure. Do you know what I mean? So in yeah. this case, that's what you mean really is not ashamed. And I can yeah. do what I like with my body. I, all right, means... look, I get where all these arguments come from. I just find them inane. <laughs> I know, but, 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 but on the other hand... You're talking bollocks. <laughs> right, but the alternative is, is, you know, The Handmaid's Tale. And even though that seems like sci-fi you look at the holy shit there are powerful people in america who absolutely would be up for sure that's why i don't think that's why i don't think you play their game i think when 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 religious people make an argument that's so absolutist and ridiculous i think you don't play their game by making an absolutist argument in the other direction what you do is you 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 try and talk pragmatically about the real world that we live in and and the fact we have to share this world it's it's a community i i I agree i agree that that would that would make a hopefully a lot more progress and and also it wouldn't just divide us it wouldn't just be a shouting match between two people who can't hear what the other one is saying no exactly and and it goes back to the schools in uh in in birmingham and people saying you you mustn't teach uh the that homosexuality exists. It does exist. That's the fact. And you've got to prepare your children for the world they're going to come out of that school yeah. into. So that's the fact. And it's, it's not a case of whether it's right or wrong or anything else. That is what's going on. And a school's supposed to prepare you. That's what I say. <laughs> God damn it. So... Anyway. On that, to just to quote Stanhope again, he had a very lovely approach to uh, someone who was an anti-abortionist where he... Um, he accused him, you know, this guy, he was holding up, um, holding up pictures of aborted fetuses and Stanhope was taking him down from an angle that he hadn't considered that he was invulnerable to, which is he accused him of showing the vilest child pornography, (laughs) naked children, like the youngest possible children. And you're showing them naked and injured, appealing to the worst kind of paedophile. It's even below (laughs) paedophilia. It's pre-paedophile. Uh, I mean, that, and that, that's that's lovely guerrilla warfare, but I, I I do I do agree with you that I think if you accept what people's don't accept it, don't agree with it, no. but accept people's arguments and then agree a space to meet on and yes. talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the, the arguments the somewhere else, you know. Don't just you know. I, I, I have a really dear friend who was right on the front line of the um, of the uh, repeal of the eighth movement in Ireland, and and. Got so much shit from people. So oh, right, much yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 she's, got, yeah. she's got loads of abuse. Uh, she's, yeah, a, yeah. I mean, a real fucking bona fide yeah. hero of that. But then, if you um, speak to her, trying to understand why some women are still against abortion, uh, she used a phrase like uh, internalized misogyny and things. And I, I don't, I don't think my sisters. I wouldn't call their positions internalized misogyny. Right. Because that you know that that's like that. Oh, you just don't know you're a feminist. Yeah. Kind of argument. Yeah. I, I think some people just have weird different priorities to you. Yes. Some people have priorities so different from yours that they seem insane. Yeah. Look, I think it's real fun as a comic to call people fucking idiots in loads of different ways. Yeah. Right? But at the same time, when it comes to an actual proper discussion about a thing, I think I don't think you get anywhere by just going, oh, they're idiots. You know? No, actually, they believe a thing, and they believe that devoutly. So you, you have to find a different way of framing the argument and yeah. not, not playing into their game and going, no, you're wrong. And, no, and, and, t- and take them, take them roughly at face value as well. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. 
they're, they're, they're meaning well. Right, you've got to go and get I off really to, your, to go. Uh, your show. Get to Liverpool. Liverpool. Uh, uh, thank you again for listening and uh, do spread the word if you would. Yep. Yeah, uh, not the word of God. Not that word. No. Our word. Know. Our word. <laughs> what is our word? <laughs> Shit, we don't have a word. Uh, and, uh, I just realised it's not a problem. No podcast has a word, does it? Something's got loads. Something have loads. <laughs> yeah, not anyway, the word. I've been Nick Judy. Kerry Marks signing off. Thank you for Cheers. listening. Bye bye.